Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, how's it going, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monis for another episode of the Go Long Podcast. And we uh, we got a cold open here, Jim. We're just getting right into it with the, the legendary, the great, the <laughs> nicest man in sports media. I don't know what else I can give you a <laughs> Therese, but this is Therese Paler from Yahoo Sports. Incredible NFL reporter, feature writer. X is an old guy. He he does it all. He also has his own podcast, the Yahoo NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. It's fantastic. Therese, how in the hell are you? I'm great, man. I'm honored to be on this podcast, man. You know, I've long been a fan of your work. And, Jim, I know you were in scouting for a while, for a long time. So any man that's a football man at heart is good with me. You know, I just right there, we're together, just already. We just – Boom. So, no, this is going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it, man. Thanks for having me on. And for those who don't know, Therese, is, uh, you've been around the Chiefs about, you know, longer than, than any other reporter that I know in terms of <laughs> really being around the team. I'm not just talking on the peripheral. Somebody who really knows what makes this team go, the ins, the outs. I mean, you've written some incredible stories about the relationship between Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith. would love to get into that. Sure. Um, but But what a good place to start. I mean – we the, like Jim told you. I mean, we kind of connected through my first story. I go along on on the Buffalo Bills passing on Patrick Mahomes when the owner Terry Pagula loved him. I mean, the owner yeah. wanted him. That's and brutal, man. Jim, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, we don't need to rehash it. All, <laughs> hey, that's one of those things. It, at some point, I think we. Got, I'm just going to stop talking about it. I, I've owned up to it. Everybody yeah. has, and and at least, like I said. At least we did get Trey White and Josh Allen worked out. So I mean, at least at least it wasn't the end of the world. But man, think about it every day. <laughs> Absolutely. But we, you know, I I love having Therese here though because like the other side of it is Kansas City, and you know you're talking to the Chiefs with with Doug Whaley and working this trade out ahead of time, Jim. But like we don't really know like the backstory on why the Chiefs loved Patrick Mahomes and what led to them wanting to move up from 27 to 10. So. Um, I'm, I'm sure, Therese, you've written about it, talked about it, but to you, well, to your knowledge, what do you know? I'll start I'll start and run it down as simply as possible, right? So the Chiefs knew they were going to draft a young quarterback that fall, 
right? They knew – they had a pretty good idea. Like, that young quarterback was coming, right? So, um, I mean, they're, they're looking at all these guys. I mean, they did heavy work. Remember, Deshaun Kaiser was in the mix and Trubisky and Watson. And I know for a fact they really like Watson. They liked him too. And at one point I thought that he was going to be the pick. But, you know, once we got around the Super Bowl – what I'll tell you is there's no coincidence that I interviewed Patrick Mahomes at Super Bowl, right? It, that, right. I interviewed him like two days before that Super Bowl because I was here. It's like, you know, they really like this guy. And I hadn't really dug into the tape yet on the quarterbacks. And then I started watching him. Maybe it was that week. And I was writing a my report of him because I'm a dork. And, I, you know, I just, you know, it, honestly, if, honestly, if reporting didn't work out, I actually would have gone into coaching, like straight up. Like I would have done that. So, like, you know, I, I like to fulfill my coaching dreams by just trying to write stuff up sometimes right because I got all these books back here so but anyway I'm like yo man this guy is different like it was impossible to watch my home tape and not get at least a little bit excited even if you were concerned about the footwork or you were concerned about the decision making or the offense or his ability to spit out the long plays you were just like hey man this guy's got something really interesting in him but anyway turns out the Chiefs thought that too and it wasn't just one guy this was one of those guys where, like, everybody that kind of mattered, like, really liked him. So, like, Dorsey liked Mahomes a lot. Chris Ballard, who helped scout him, master in Texas, liked Mahomes. And, obviously, Brett Veach, who had Andy's ear and was not a general manager at that time. But Andy trusts him. He trusts his scout now. He really does. And Brett was all over Mahomes. So it's like the conversion of all these key guys loving Mahomes. So it's like, okay. Um, he was the, I think he was the first person I put going to the Chiefs in my first mock draft, first to four. And I like to switch it up a little bit. So I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm just saying I'd heard they liked him and I liked what I saw. And I'm like, yeah, this kid might have something to him. Anyway, as it, as it came down to Pike, my only concern, and this is where the information dried up a little bit for me, like around draft time, because they do a pretty good job keeping their business to themselves when it matters. I didn't know which quarterback they were going to end up with or if they could trade up high enough or if they would trade up high enough. Right. So I just, I knew they were going to take a quarterback, but I thought it could be Kaiser at 27. I knew Watson was going to go higher. I th- I knew it'd be Mahomes if he'd stay, if, if he dropped there, but you started hearing in the days leading up to it that he wouldn't last. So I'm like, okay, would they really go up to get him? Uh, would they just take, you know, some other guy in the draft late? I just, I didn't know. Uh, but lo and behold, we get to draft day. And John Dorsey, I'm, I'm sure I know there were calls to go higher than where they went. Like there were some people who wanted to go five, you know, to, just to make sure. But Dorsey was like, no, 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 we can get him here at ten. And he negotiated with Buffalo to go to just the right spot to outmaneuver Cleveland, outmaneuver New Orleans, who I think we all know they're saying they would have taken him. Now he went to just the right spot. So Dorsey deserves a lot of credit, even though the relationship between Patrick Mahomes and his people and Brett Veach really started in January. And Veach, even though he wasn't a GM, did have Andy Reid's ear. So I think, team, you know, you know, Jim, you come together in like February or something and you break down where you're at. And I'm sorry for the long story, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to break down kind of from the Kansas City perspective, like what I'd heard. And when they went up to get him, here's what I will tell you. John Dorsey walked into that room with the biggest smile I'd ever seen. <laughs> And you could just tell he couldn't be happier with himself for going to the right spot to get the guy. And um, lo and behold, he turned into an amazing player, even faster 
than those of us who liked him, really liked him, thought he would. Like, I, you can go check my archives. I said he has all pro potential, but he needs to sit for a year. Maybe he can grow into that. Tell his first year as a starter is 50 touchdowns. No one can predict that. But a special kid, though, man, he's really special. He's really special, not just how he plays, but the way he's built with his dad being a pro ball player and his grandfather, his godfather being a pro ball player. He basically handles his business like Jeter in cleats. Like It's like that. And, again, sorry for the long story, but the way, the way this all came together for the Chiefs, man, was crazy. It was. So then the story, the story that I can't get over is, so we were dealing with Dorsey the whole time. I mean, he was calling literally every day, like, hey, we're still good. Are we still good? Are we still good? Yes, mm-hmm. good. But to think that, like, there had to be something going on in that building with Dorsey and Andy Reid where he just either felt – I mean, he just wanted to promote Brett, or have you heard that Dorsey was just – we heard that he wasn't paying attention to details, and that bothered Andy Reid. But for Dorsey, he, he makes a trade for Patrick Mahomes. Then he goes to Cleveland and drafts them, Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. And he's I, out of the league. Yeah, <laughs> he's two for two. I mean, Dor- Dorsey's quarterback. Well, Dorsey's evaluation skills, period, are outstanding. Like, I'm just telling you, the man can evaluate talent. And other people, other people I talk to say the same too. You know, people are always like, "Why did Dorsey get fired?" Like, I wrote the story when he got fired. Like, maybe you, maybe people didn't want like, maybe they wanted more details, which I can't give you. But honestly, he got fired because of communication and management issues. That's why he got fired. Like, you know, Andy Reid is a detail-oriented person, all right? And if 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 the communication is not on point and you're not in the same page on all this stuff, like, that's going to come back to bite you. Like, the way you deal with people, all that. Like, there needs to be a plan. And, and, and I think that's something that, honestly, like, this is just Therese talking now. Like, I think Dorsey should be a GM in this league still. Like, he doesn't have to be Andy Reid detailed to get the job done. You know who he needs is a number two, like he had in Chris Ballard. Like, Chris Ballard and Dorsey are friends, like, legitimately. And I will tell you this, Chris, Dor- Chris Ballard's, um, his, his, like, his character, right? Like, you guys have been around these teams, man. Like, you know, people are snake people and stuff. You see all kinds of – Ballard – Always understood the chain of command, always understood, respected Dorsey, yielded to Dorsey, and I think in some ways helped pick up where Dorsey wasn't great as far as the management stuff goes. So then Ballard leaves. People forget in that January, Ballard left to be the coach GM. So then there was like four or five months where it was just Dorsey. So the key, if Dorsey gets another head co- a GM job, which I think he could get, he just needs to make sure his number two guy is a loyal guy, that can like fill in all the gaps while he's out here doing his scouting research and breaking down tape. But like his ability to evaluate talent is real, man. But but you just like all these great players, you know, like the structure still matters. The structure of what's around him matters. And it's no different than a great quarterback or a great coach. So that's my little rant on John Dorsey. I I think he should get another. Now, he didn't make a mistake in Cleveland and that, that's he picked the wrong head coach. He had a chance to pick he picked Kitchens and it just didn't work out. And that was a mistake of his. But in general, when it comes to evaluating talent, I, I think he could I think he can still do the job well in the right spot with the right surrounding cast. Man, that's such a fantastic point, Therese. I mean, uh 
you remember the Senior Bowl, like seeing him. I remember that first Senior Bowl when he was the Chiefs GM, seeing him up there. You were probably covering the team at the Kansas City Star that that January. I remember just seeing him up there with all the scouts around him. I mean, it was oh, like he lived for it, man. Like it, it, it was different with him the way he attacked the evaluation part of the job, and it's crazy to think like. Man, Chris Ballard, I had heard that, too, that he loved Patrick Mahomes, was pushing for him. Now there he is running the Indianapolis Colts. They're looking for a quarterback. Just how these dominoes fall just always fascinates me. And then, what, like, we want to ask you, too, like, with Patrick Mahomes, we've talked about how does he do in Buffalo if he's got Rick Dennison as his he... offensive coordinator, David Pauley <laughs> as a quarterback coach. He's throwing his A. Jones. Jim is like, you know. I think I – mean, I think... Perfect situation in Kansas City. My thing is this, I I thought you you can't discredit what the Chiefs coaching staff did. Like, you have to give them – we would not have – he would not have been who he is in Buffalo. He wouldn't have been. That Andy Reid has done that before with with quarterbacks. He knows how to bring them along. I don't think we were ready for that. When we had a first-year head coach, he didn't even know the offense coordinator. He didn't really want him. So it was – it would have just – it wasn't the right timing for us. But Andy Reid, those guys are amazing, that coaching staff. And you know what I'll say to that man? I got a lot of faith in McDermott. Like I think it would have. Oh. I think he would. I think he would have had to sit that first year. You know, like he would have. And, and I think the sit in the first year was a big deal. I think that helped him a lot. You know what he did? That first year, he spent it on scout team, testing out all these throws against the Chiefs' number one defense, and he really refined it to the point. And this was back in the days when I could get actually get in the locker room and sidle up to my guys and ask them what's up. You know. By December, my guys were saying, hey, man, this guy, like, hey, they were talking about, he's like, they make no, he makes no look passes. I'm like, wait, what? What are you talking? Like, that's the thing. Like, I think that whole year on the scout team, he really got to learn what worked and what didn't. And the whole time, he's working on his footwork. He's learning the playbook. So by the time he made his first start against Denver in the regular season finale, he knew all the plays. He spit them out easily. We know Andy's got a heavy verbiage playbook. He spit them out easily. And making throws where after the game, Andy Reid to this day says something I've never heard him say about a guy. He was like, yeah, he's just had complete control. This is complete control of the game. It is like he said that about a rookie. And that's when I knew. That's when I knew, and that's also when I knew, seeing the energy in that locker room after the game, that his teammates knew too. That's when they knew that that guy was special. Fascinating, because also the other dynamic is in Buffalo, you got a guy in Tyrod Taylor where, as Jim has noted, like he's kind of busting ass for his job. Like he's, you know, been he's got that chip on the shoulder. He's been he's probably had the worst luck of of most quarterbacks in the league. Is he necessarily going to hold that hand out for Patrick Mahomes and the way Alex Smith? It seems like Alex Smith was the perfect mentor for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, no, Alex did a lot for him, guys. Like he he answered every question. Um, but but also I think the reason one of the reasons Alex it was easy for Alex to be good to him because the kid never tried to you know take his shine, man. Like he didn't have any he didn't have any ads around town that rookie year. He turned all that stuff down. Like it was very clear it was Alex's team, and Pat didn't do anything to try to take that away from Alex. And I think Alex respected that and realized he was a good kid, a nice kid, and. He showed him the ropes, and that's more than you have to do. But I, I do think, like, with McDermott there and Bean, who I think is, you know, good evaluating talent, they would have figured it out. But it, 
the all-pro 50-touchdown season probably doesn't happen as soon as it did. You know, that season was insane. The greatest ever will we'll find a way. Um, well, we, we got to get your, your take on this game. I mean, there is a Super Bowl this weekend. Uh, is there any hope for Tampa Bay? Yes. I mean, you do. There is. You see a pass. Yeah, I do. Now, I'm picking the Chiefs now. Let me be clear, because I've learned that you don't bet against football Jordan, okay? Like, Patrick Mahomes is 25-1 and one in his last. You can bet against him. It's not going to be me. I'm not doing it. All right? But, but and look, I'm a lot. I grew up rooting for the Lions. Like, I, I didn't grow up in Kansas City. I'm not a Chiefs fan. But I just watch the guy every week, and he's special. He's the best player I've ever seen at quarterback, talent-wise, right? Um, not the greatest. The greatest is Brady. But, but anyway, the point is this, guys. Um there is a path for the Bucks to win this game, and it starts by following the 2007 Giants playbook. Can their defensive line kick the butt of the Chiefs' offensive line, which is missing three starters from last year's Super Bowl? And I'm watching the Bucks' defensive line last week get after Aaron Rodgers with four, okay, with four. Shaq Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, and Dominican Sue and, some, and Vita Vea, they will determine this game. If the Chiefs cannot block them – well, then Mahomes could still probably run around and, you know. But but if he's banged up a little or he gets a little more hurt, then it's a really interesting game. Jim, I know I'm glad we're on the same page about, you know, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But, like, can, can I know maybe you rehashed this a little bit, but just real quick, what was the Bills' concerns about Mahomes? Like, what did they think that he couldn't fix? Because everything that was wrong with him, the Chiefs thought they could just fix it. But what was the concern from the Bills' end? I don't think there was concern on his his issues because his issues really were just – the major thing was it was Texas Tech quarterback. That style yeah. never works in the NFL. And then you watch mm-hmm. him, you see the risk-taking, like Big 12, is he really going to get away with that in the NFL? Okay. We were nitpicking for sure. The issue was when McDermott wanted to keep Tyrod, the commitment from the organization basically was, hey, we're not ready to groom any of these guys, whether it was Deshaun, Mahomes, whoever. We weren't mm-hmm. ready for that. He was trying to put a staff here. Let's acquire picks. We knew next year that there was going to be four or five quarterbacks. We didn't know a lot about them. But we just were saying, hey, we just hired them. Let's get this right. Let's build this thing the right way. And like we said, we just didn't have that conviction to see, can we get Mahomes right? And, and Rick Dennis at the time, our offense coordinator, was we were playing some high formation. I mean, we were doing stuff that, you know, running the ball. I mean, 1997 it, Michigan. I got it. Yeah. The bottom line was, hey, we should have. Cleveland Browns should have taken him first instead of Miles Garrett. That was a horrible pick. And Miles Garrett's a great player, but we, everybody, the whole NFL, missed on Mahomes. What about Watson? Like, what? That's what I didn't like. I thought I don't think a lot of people had Mahomes going that high, but Watson. Should have been a slam dunk. Like, I, he was on my all-juice team, which is my list of my favorite players in every draft. I've been doing it for, like, seven years now. Yeah. By the way, pretty good run I've been on at quarterback between Mahomes. That's strong. Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. So, now, my last one was Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so, he didn't really get a chance to start this year. But, well, he got his four games. But, anyway, um, like, nice. what, what about Watson, though, man? Like, Watson's a guy – where it felt like, Jim, for Chicago, it's almost a little – it's duh, right? Or or Jacksonville, it's like, I don't know why he didn't go top five. I don't know why he didn't go top ten. What was the issue there? There was 
Now, that was a guy that we did have debates on. We did have okay. – there were guys that loved Watson and some other guys that were, are you sure? I mean, he had a lot of interceptions that year at Clemson. I made mean, a lot of poor decisions. A lot of underneath throws. Yeah. Lot, strange, strange poor decisions. Yeah. You know, some questionable losses, you know, to, for a loaded team. And you're just watching him like, hey, how how are we going to cater to his talent? Like, we, I think we felt like – We'd have to cater our offense, which you should do anyway. Yeah, but, that's what good but, teams do. Yeah, that's what good, that's exactly right. You should cater to him. But I don't think, once again, we just weren't in that mindset where we're ready to just – is Rick Dennison or, you know, whoever the offense coordinator, was he ready to cater his offense to a guy who hasn't really played that style? And that was the concern there. But Watson should have been the second pick of the draft. The whole NFL – I mean, that's going to go – that should have been the easiest one to – in the history of football, really. I know, man. Jim's also being way too nice here. I mean, the <laughs> the head the head coach that they had hired did not necessarily want to look at his players in the eye and say we drafted a quarterback tenth overall. So there's also that at play. Interesting, very um, interesting. But man, Taraz, you're the man. Thank you so much for sharing a little insight on Mr. Mahomes on the Chiefs. I'm not going to ask you for predictions because I, I hope when you do all these radio spots, you just BS those and you save your, your really good prediction for the end of the week for <laughs> your publication. So I won't put you through that. But, but if, you want, if you want to throw it out, you can. Can I ask one question before we go? Because yeah, you guys made me think about this. Do, are you, do you guys both miss Mobile, Alabama? It sounded like you guys missed the Senior Bowl a little bit. I missed the Senior Bowl like in 2015 because – when they were like the senior bowl used to be dope to meet people. It used to be great. And like the last three years or four, it's just been all you guys, Jim, y'all, you guys would avoid the spots you used to talk. You're not trying to get bombarded <laughs> by reporters. You, I mean, I just, I didn't find like it'd be that great of a spot to really, I mean, it was nice to catch up with the guys you already have, but as far as like, you know, meeting new people, I just, maybe I was doing it wrong. I just didn't think it was that useful by, 2017 or 2018. I was laughing when you guys were talking about how Dorsey, you know, that was every team with, you know, the GM and coach, because that's like the first time that the coaches see some of these players. So they sit with all the scouts and the GM, and it's just like, they'll just, well, looking at the roster, somebody makes a catch. Hey, whatever area scout, hey, what do you think of him? What, what's his deal? You know, it was, they just fire out questions. It's actually pretty fun, um, that part of it. Like the GMs, like Dorsey, the guys that, and coaches that love yeah. it. It, it's I miss Mobile. I do miss. I like Mobile. Yeah. No. I. It, it can be. It can definitely be useful. And like when this pandemic ends, I can't really wait to go back. It'll feel like normal to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Getting with your colleagues, just seeing your guys at night, trying to get information. It's a fun deal. It, I, I, I will have missed it. Yes. Those damn oysters. Oh, uh, great seafood too, man. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Everybody, make sure you follow Therese on Twitter. Is, is it just Therese Paler? I had it up here. Yep, it's Therese Paler on Twitter. It's T-E-R-E-Z-P-A-Y-L-O-R. Make sure you check out my podcast, the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, because I love you, Ty. I give you the prediction, 38-34 Chiefs. There it is, the real prediction. Love it. That's the real prediction. I've been consistent. So. I love it. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Therese. Thanks so much, man. Really appreciated that. That was great. Hey, no problem. See you guys. Take care, man. All righty, Jim. We're back. That was great. Therese is such a good dude. Known him for a long time. Uh, back when I was at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, he was at the Kansas City Star. You know, you run into these guys at the Combine, at the Senior Bowl, on the road. 
just a genuinely good dude. So everybody out there, read his stuff. He ain't kidding when he calls himself a dork and an X's and O's, just fiend. I mean, he dives into all of that, unlike any reporter out there. So at yeah, Yahoo, you can tell it, it was cool to see his passion. And, and you, I like how you guys all connect, you know, covering different teams. It's just like scouting, like, you know, scouts all become friends and on the road, you know, seeing each other. So it's cool. That's been one of the real downers with COVID I'm, you know, amongst infinite number. Um, but yeah, just running into old friends, all that good stuff. But all right, well, we want to talk a little bit more football, a little bit more Super Bowl here for you guys. Um, if you caught it, thank you for diving into the discussion. But at Go Long, uh, this week's discussion thread, you know, you, usually, Jim, I will say we have a pretty pointed debate. Like last week it was, all right, if you're an NFL head coach, what type of coach are you? Like, are you kicking that field goal? Are you going for it on fourth and one? If you're Sean McDermott, if you're Matt LaFleur in that same situation, how are you going about it? And I got to say, our subscribers that go along, they had some incredible explanations for both sides. I mean, there were some people out there who could kind of see Sean McDermott's line of thinking. So I, I appreciated the the diverse responses from everybody it was great. It's been a lively discussion. But um, th- this week, we, we were a little bit more basic, Jim. Just threw it out there. We got Brady. We got Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So I'm not a list guy. Not a li- I've never been a list guy until today. Top five quarterbacks. Hit me with yours, Jim, and then I'll hit you with mine. Or I'll so hit let's, you first. Well, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. You're drafting. Clean slate. All in their prime. This is how I like to do it because I'm big on. And now, when we do it this way, obviously, eras change. Bigger, faster, stronger is real. I mean, it's real. It, it, whatever you want to say, like it's just it's these guys are on a different level than the guys playing in the, the, the Terry Bradshaws, the Joe Namath, the Joe Montana's. Those guys had. I mean, these guys wouldn't even sniff the field with some of these guys. So, to me. I say we do it by draft. Like, for me, I got to do it that way. Like, if I'm drafting fresh, you know, knowing what we know, and my first pick is obviously our favorite guy we talk about every week. Mahomes is the best talented quarterback we're ever going to see, I think, in our lifetime. I, I mean, I totally agree with you. It's, I guess, when but, I was kind of doing this, I'm thinking more yeah. so of the, like, longevity as part of the sure. equation. Like, we're going to get there with Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, but you're well, saying right okay. now in their prime, in their peak, who do you take? It's just drafting and knowing what you know about each guy's talents and don't don't put rings on, don't you know what who won what, who accomplished what? Because yeah. you know we we do this a lot. You know we always are talking. You know I, I brought I always bring up Bill Russell and you know my dad grew up. He was a Boston Celtics fan growing up, and I used to see highlights. You know those little clips on NBA.com or highlights of like Bob Cousy and Bill Russell. I'm like, Oh, Russell was 6'9 and couldn't shoot. That's Dennis Rodman. I'm like, he's the same thing as Dennis Rodman to me. You know, my dad be like, but my dad always said John Havlicek could have played Benny Eric because he was a great uh, football player as well. And his athleticism was ahead of his time. And when I saw those highlights of Havlicek, I was like, I see it. I see what you mean. But anyway, he could too, you know, he seems like a guy that could. He seemed like he had that too. And there's always those guys. And that's why, like, and I think. You know, I know you love this guy, and I do too. Like, guy like Brett Favre to me, would he could still play, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he was ahead of his time with the arm and the whipping it around and the whole mentality of, 
you know, let's go get it. That that Favre would have loved this era. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, that's I, I got Favre up there. I, yeah, you did. I guess I'd go. I mean, I had Brady one, Montana two, Favre three, Marino four, Manning five. So I'm like you with the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Like when we start talking about the defensive linemen being 239 pounds and their shoemakers on the weekends, like I'm sorry, I can't put you in the top five. Can't do it. Um, if, if Joe Montana and Deshaun Watson were competing for the quarterback job, it's one of the easiest decisions as a coach you'll ever have to make. It would probably take you about five minutes. Um, yeah, hey, Deshaun, you're starting Joe. We're either going to trade you or you hope you like being number two. Like, that's my problem with these when you do lists. Like, not right. you, but all, in general. And all the errors are different. I get it. All different. But, I mean, all right. So, I'd, I'd go Brady, though, still. Just, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking it more down the lines of you've got you've got one game to win. It's the Super Bowl, and you get this player at his peak. I mean, Tom Brady, even the Super Bowl loss, like – I'm thinking of that Eagles Super Bowl. How good was he in that Super Bowl? My God, just unbelievable. I like that, the way you phrase that. If you have one game, we can do it that way. That's fair. Because I think I would – I mean, it would be hard to say you couldn't pick Tom Brady if you need one game. I mean, what he's done – it's not that he's not talented. I mean, obviously he's not the greatest athlete, but that doesn't matter. Quarterback sometimes. I mean, he's so special with his mind, his accuracy, his everything, really. There's really nothing he can't do. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'd, let's go with Brady 1. Brady 1. You sticking Mahomes 2? Two? 2 is Mahomes. Yeah. After he wins on Sunday, I'm, I'm switching it. I mean, let's – oh, man. I, people probably uh, – we, we talk about Mahomes so much, but, like – He won a Super Bowl already. I feel – we could be on the precipice of, you know, yes. Michael yes. Jordan. Yes. And the only – way another team wins a Super Bowl is if he decides to play baseball. You know, like yeah. it's I mean, I can see a path for Tampa, no doubt. But it just reminds me of San Francisco a year ago. I mean, they had Mahomes on the ropes for three and a half quarters. They absolutely did and he detonated. He always does. He always finds a way. So yeah. I, hey here's your here's a good question for you. Rogers versus Favre. Oh Favre. Fred Favre. I would too. I would too. In, cause that's I love Brett Favre. I, I would take that era over Aaron Rodgers' era. I mean, the 90s, that was like the last quarterbacks getting drilled and blindsided and head on a swivel kind of era. I mean, and I, I get it. There, there's some bias there in that. I, I mean, I watched every second of every game of his from like 94 on, you know, just growing up a Packer fan. And like that feeling of never being out of a game. I mean, there's that. Like – I think a lot of quarterbacks and teams say that, but when you watch Brett Favre, you, you never were out of a game. Like he, he, he might lose you the game, like he might blow it, but never out of it. Nothing was going to keep him out. No injury, uh, for better or worse. I mean, I can remember him being clearly concussed, staying in the game. That doesn't happen today. I mean, he, he would get drilled. I don't got to tell you, you guys beat the snot out of him in that NFC Championship game. I mean, I that was really the last game where we saw a quarterback beat to a bloody pulp in a playoff game, wasn't it? I mean, it kind of changed after that bounty gate and after that game it felt. And it didn't – you couldn't knock him out. Like, they still should have won that game. If Childress didn't blow the, the time management in that game, I still don't know if we want – if we win that. Ben Favre did, you know, kind of a Favre thing when he's forcing – you know, trying to make a play, and, and all quarterbacks do, and 
you know, he does have all those career interceptions. You know, that's always the anti-argument against Favre. Any other quarterbacks that you'd sneak in there that maybe we don't talk enough about, Jim? Like, I guess it's hard. It, it's, you know, I feel like we are watching the best. You know, we, we I think we're fortunate to see these guys. Yeah. You know, I, you know, you think about, like, and that's why it's so hard to compare, you know, Cam Newton versus Troy Aikman. Well, that's the easiest. That's another no-brainer. Cam Newton's ten times the quarterback Troy Aikman is. Yeah. Ten times. But accomplishments – Career, you know, is Aikman considered better than Cam Newton? Is we Russell Wilson versus Steve Young? Yeah. Russell Wilson's better than Steve Young. You're the first I mean, to say, though, Super Bowl wins mean something, right? Well, I like it, but I don't think it should ever be. Because, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not one to say just because you won one, you're better than that guy. I'd, I'd just like to say flat out. who's I, I'm big on the accomplishments and do it in the playoffs. But, and a lot of these guys have. All right. That's a good spot. We don't want to talk about the game too much. We've got another podcast hitting you folks. Uh, we're going to be live at Hamburg Brewing Company Thursday night. So come on down. I mean, it's open. Come on down. Say hi. Share a beer or two or three or four. We're going to talk Chiefs, talk Bucks. I mean, we should really start hitting on this off season too, Jim. It's going to be crazy. It's, it's going to be fun. Be also, and also, it's going to be we'll fun to get a, some. I'm sorry. I was say, it'd be fun to get some people to come out to Hamburg and hey, talk to us about some hey, some picks you like in the game. Who you betting on? I, we want to hear it all. I want to hear everybody's opinion on this game. This is a good one. No doubt. Yeah, come on out. Like let, let's make it happen. I mean, that, that's what I'm really psyched about with everything we got going on with this podcast, Jim. I mean, we're gonna be able to see people in person if you're in Western New York. I mean, we've got listeners beyond, so thank you for listening. But if you're around, if you want to make the drive. Come on down. We'll be there Thursday night. And uh, tune in to golongtd.com. We're going to have a story on Devin White first thing tomorrow morning. Talk to some of his teammates at LSU on just what makes this guy different. I mean, he's got to be the Mahomes antidote of sorts if uh, Tampa's going to have a shot. So thank you, everybody, for subscribing, for reading. Um, right now, you can subscribe at GoLong at 25% off. Super Bowl special runs through the rest of the week. That's just over five bucks a month, so would be incredibly grateful if you gave us a shot. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you uh, Thursday night.